Hi guys and welcome to episode 8 of the Crystal Cast. Today is April 2nd, 2017. And on today's show we're going to do our final thoughts on Nier and jump right into Tokiden 2. Uh, as always, I am Sushi Geisha. And I'm Smashy. And before we jump into the meat of the podcast, as always, we'll talk about what we've been playing. So Smashy, what have you been up to? Um, I played a bit of Fire Emblem Heroes. First, I deleted it because there was an event that I think they handled very poorly. And then I re-downloaded it because they announced the Easter characters. And I wanted Easter Camilla. Right. I am weak. (laughs) Very weak. Luckily, I got her, so I'm happy. And now I can go back to not really playing it. Um, <laughs> uh, I finished up near, and I was working on doing a few of the different uh, endings and going back to do a lot of the side quests. Mm-hmm. And I was enjoying a lot of the side quests and everything, but we'll see if I get the game back to finish up more of them since I loaned it to my brother to try out the game, and it sounds like he's really enjoying it, so I might need to get my own copy of near. Yeah. Uh, and then I played Tokiden 2 and finished the main story in that, which was really good. Awesome. That's what I've been playing. So, um, similar to you, um, still playing Heroes. I did not delete my app because I embraced that I am just an orb collector uh, in that game. But I did participate in the spring event. I got Krom, Camilla, and Xander. I did not get Lucina, but that's fine because I'm not really playing it. But in the mix of all that, I got a Hector. So yay, go me. Um, (laughs) I also had enough gems to level him to level 20, but he's been sitting there like all weekend at level 20. So who knows? But it it was still fun. Um, And I was really surprised that I got Hector. I had no uh, expectation for that. (laughs) I just wanted Krom in an Easter outfit. Um, I picked up Final Fantasy XIV briefly. Heads up to fans of 14 if you don't know by now which i'm sure you do because it's everywhere they have new mog station items which includes sir um, emmerich's hair and armor so of course i got those i quit the armor on leo but not the hair yet it didn't really look right maybe i'll go back and mess around but um, it's really cool i'm glad that they finally added that i know a lot of fans wanted that one um i finished near uh, last week, I believe, the week before, and really good game, loved it. I finally got the outfit module right before the last uh, <laughs> little bit of the game, and apparently I unlocked one achievement associated with it, um, so we'll just leave it as <laughs> that, because people might mm-hmm. judge me. So um, I loved it, but we'll get into that in a little bit, and same as you, um, Took it in two, we did the demo, and we both beat the story uh, in the game this week, but we're both still playing it, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't forget to mention that I am preparing for Persona 5, which comes out this Tuesday. So I'm really excited about that. Um, A little jealous because Sab's copy has shipped already, and mine has not yet. So I'm hoping his comes tomorrow because he's already promised that I could play his first. So, yay. Yay. If it comes tomorrow, we'll see. (laughs) I'm sure I will put it all over social media and try and be responsible, but I won't be responsible with it. And you you better not spoil it for me. 
I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> I, I, I've gotten through a year or so since it came out in Japan without spoilers. Like, I barely remember the name of the characters. I've just distanced myself so much. So, And you also can't do the share feature in the game. So um, they there you restricted go. that. So, yeah, there won't be... A, hopefully there won't be a lot of spoilers, but I may have to disappear from the internet. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but um, one last thing before we jump right in to our two topics are... I'd like to give two shout-outs um, to some listeners who gave us some feedback on our podcast. VFX Mario, he's on Twitter and Twitch, and he's listened to a few of our podcasts and has really given us some kind, encouraging words, so we really appreciate that. Um, if you are into Nier, Drakengard, Fire Emblem, those kinds of games, um, he definitely is a person that you probably want to follow on Twitter and Twitch, so go check him out. He's really nice. Um, one other person on Twitter gave us some feedback, and uh, we appreciate that. Uh, thanks to our last podcast, which featured Nier, but we talked about the Tokiden 2 demo. Um, she's added uh, Tokiden to her wish list, so hopefully this episode will move it up your wish list or make it on your purchase list. So, um, But thank you both so much for the feedback. Um, we appreciate it. Good, bad, ugly. Um, it means a lot to us, so thank you. And to anyone else um, who listens but lurks and stalks, we're cool. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. So, thank you. Um, jumping into the first topic, our final thoughts on Nier. So I'll let you mm -hmm. kick that off. Um, for me, the story really did affect me, which isn't very common for games like Usually, like, I get the story and everything, but it doesn't really affect me emotionally. But this game just... There are definitely points in the game where I was really sad. I was really happy. So I really like that. Uh, the game does a great job of making you really connect with the characters, even though there's not, like, a ton of dialogue. Like, there's no big, like, talking cutscenes back and forth for, mm -hmm. like, long periods of time or anything. It's just short little bits of dialogue with all the characters and... It does a great job really fleshing out everybody and getting you to really feel for them. Um, I think that it very much could be my game of, uh, game of the year. Possibly one of my favorite games of all time. Like, It's not a super long game, but it just has so much. Like, Every moment you're playing it is enjoyable. You're having fun. You're getting through it. Like, You're like trying to understand what's going on in the story because it's just so out there all the time and yeah, that's true <laughs> and especially going back and doing a lot of these side quests after i finished the game i really felt bad that i didn't do them as i was going through the game more because they do a great job of like giving you more information on the characters giving you more background information on the world and there's just a lot of points in the story where it really is like oh i remember something similar to this happening or something like that where all the stories, like, they don't spoil what's going to happen or anything like that, but they give you more context for what happens later mm -hmm. on in the game and everything, and it just really, like, hits home with a lot of stuff. I really enjoyed the game. Definitely recommend it to people. Yeah, I mm -hmm. agree. Um, for me, it all came together from story, 
gameplay, characters, soundtrack, um, voice acting, all of it just came together and really um, hit home with me. Um, it's definitely, I want to say it's game of the year for 2017, but it is only April. And I know a lot of people have already warned me Persona 5 comes out next week. Um, so I respect that. But like I said last time, I think Nier is something that crosses all audiences where maybe Persona might just fit one kind of niche gamer. Um, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong with that. But um, we'll mm -hmm. see <laughs> after we do, after we beat Persona 5. But definitely um, near is something I feel that everybody every gamer should experience the story the messaging behind it um, just it's all really breathtaking so um, mm -hmm. I think it's great and I love that this game finally broke you and made you human <laughs> when it comes to video games <laughs> How dare it make me human? <laughs> I it's, am a machine. <laughs> it's exposed your weakness now. Um, so I guess our opinions didn't change much from being right at the end to completing it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's good. So yeah, guys, if, if you are considering it, please just go get it on the PS4. I'm not sure if they worked out the issues with the PC version yet, but... Um, Go get it for the PS4 and really throw yourself into it. You'll be greatly rewarded, I think. Yeah. So anything else you want to add about your feelings on Nier? Um, not much. Definitely like you're saying with the PS4. It definitely plays way better with a controller than... You, so if you do want to get a PC uh, for PC or anything, make sure you have some sort of controller you can play it on. <laughs> Yeah. Because it's very much a game that plays much better with the controller, though. Have all those buttons right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we will jump right into Tokiden 2, which we have a lot to cover. We will try <laughs> to stay out of the nitty-gritty stuff, but we really enjoyed this game a lot. So we may go off on tangents, and we apologize. <laughs> um before we talk about it, I do want to mention that um, the developer is Omega Force. It's published by Coyote Tecmo, and it's available on PS4, Vita, and PC. You can also do crossover data with the PS4 and your Vita, so you can take it with you, which is really cool. Um, also, quick note, Tokuden 2 comes after Tokuden Kiwami. Uh, Kiwami is the original Tokuden with tons of extras added. If you have not played Kiwami, um, you can play Tokuden 2, but there are some similar characters from the first one, but I don't think there's any major spoilers or anything you feel like you might miss. Um, there are some major gameplay improvements from um, Kiwami to Tokuden 2 um, that have really added to the game, so if you have played Kiwami and you liked it, I think you'll really like the changes that they made um, for Tokuden 2. So. Mm -hmm. Um, just wanted to start that off, and then Smash, do you want to talk a little bit about the demo that we played first? Yeah, um, the demo is available for free on the uh, PS4, and it gives you access to, I think, roughly the first chapter of the game in single player, 
and allows you access in multiplayer with uh, up to the first phase of missions, which is like the first set of missions. So it's like a fair amount of content and everything. You get a few different bosses you can do in multiplayer. Mm -hmm. You get a good taste of the story in single player. And it definitely lasts for a few hours. Uh, You get a bonus for carrying over your demo data into the full game too, regardless of how far you are, uh, plus everything you do carries over yeah so you don't lose anything from playing the demo like you don't have to replay it or anything like that in the main game which mm-hmm. i i just want to say i really appreciate demos like this like it and you pointed it out before and we may have talked about it last time i don't remember but it really mm-hmm. didn't feel like a demo did it it felt like um it felt like we had the game already yeah, like, especially for us, because we went and just jumped right into some of the multiplayer stuff and finished up, like, as far as we could in the multiplayer stuff together to kind of get a feel for playing together and everything. Mm-hmm. We didn't even hit the limits of the single-player demo. It Admittedly, it was only for a few days that it was out before the game came out, I think, but it was still one of those things where it was really nice to get a try the game, you get a whole feel for the game, and it's plenty to kind of base do I want to play this game or not just from that good bit of the demo there and everything yeah and then you're rewarded for playing the demo and bringing it over for purchasing the game so that's nice yeah I like it you get a nice like jump into the story and you get uh, if you fight some of the bosses you can make their armor so you have like a nice set of armor going into the game as you start it out so I really enjoyed it I wish more games would do kind of demos like that if it's applicable to that type of game or something, but mm-hmm. I really like it. I really appreciate them doing that. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So when we did get the game, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and even in the demo, how long did it take you to customize your character? Um, I know I probably spent at least like 15 minutes just picking the hair. Because mm-hmm. there are 70 different hairstyles. Yeah. And I think, like we mentioned before, that's 70 different ones with a lot of them having, like, an A and a B based on which direction the hair is facing mm-hmm. or is parted or anything. So there's a lot of different hairstyles going through all that. So trying to pick the one that you like is pretty daunting going through all those. But yeah. I found one I liked. And then after I made my character, I ended up changing it. But <laughs> Yeah, I think it took me about the same, maybe 20 minutes or so. Um, so you can pick, like, your hair, um, your eye color, your hair color, uh, accessories, body style, body shape, the angle of your nose, the angle of your eyes, the width, like, all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. Um and it does take a long time. And I will say one of our friends on Twitter, he brought up a good point where he wished there were just some pre-mades because um, mm-hmm. he just really wanted to get into the game. And he was, you know, going through everything <laughs> on the customization. Um, but I really appreciate a lot of customization, but I also appreciate the other side where maybe not everyone wants to go through 70 hairstyles. But um, <laughs> I really am thankful that they allow that um and it was very detailed i thought compared to what i was expecting um and it was a little bit more detailed from kawami from what i remember and a little bit more Mm -hmm. options yeah Uh, these like the hairstyle i know there's like 20 in kawami to 70 in this Mm -hmm. so like that alone is a big upgrade and i agree on the presets because 
personally, I usually like presets because it's like I pick the face that's closest to what I want, and then maybe it's like change the hair, maybe change like the face a little bit. But I have something that's at least like really close to what I'm looking for, like in a preset usually, and then just modify off that slightly. Yeah, makes it a bit easier. But so it's... it's nice going through this and just picking what you want. Yeah, and you can constantly change it after you start the game. You can constantly change your hairstyle, your hair color, and your accessory. But like your height and like the angle of your ears, your nose, your eyes, you can't change after you start the game. Because I know it took me 20 minutes to design my character, but then I even went back and changed the hairstyle and hair color after I started the game. So mm -hmm. it's nice to have that. Um, some of that customization carried over into the game so you can constantly kind of update and refresh your character if you want. Yeah. Like that. But yeah, and so after the customization, um, you're really kind of dropped into the story, um, which is really nice. I don't know what I was expecting. I didn't get far in Kiwami, but this story was really awesome to me. Do you want to do a spoiler-free summary mm -hmm. of it because you're good at that? <laughs> yeah. A uh, quick summary of the story is... Basically, you start out, you're fighting Simone on the front lines who've just started appearing and invading the human world. And then you end up getting, like, thrown through time. And you appear in another place. You've forgotten your past. And now you're in a village that has its own struggles that aren't just the Oni outside, but there's also personal problems in between uh, factions in the village and... You have to work together with everyone to help them fight against the Oni and try to figure out what your past is. Because mm -hmm. your character lost all their memories and everything. Um, personally, I find that I'm connecting with this story a lot better than Kwame. Like, it, this is a while ago that we played Kwame, so I'm going off my memory. But I don't remember like sticking with it super well or wanting yeah. to like go through the story. But with this one, I definitely found that it's like once we started doing more of the story, it's like, oh, you know, I could just do a little bit more. Oh, I met this character. Oh, this is nice and everything. And I think part of what's helping that is they've really made the game more of like an open world. Yes. With like the village is more open. There's like less loading screens between moving between your house and all the other places in the village and then just going right out into the world and there's like a whole big world that you can run around you can run from like one age to a different age and everything yeah like mm -hmm. the open world i was up till like 12 30 last night <laughs> like just running around like doing things like doing quests and and we'll we can get a little bit more in depth into that later on but yeah that open world that they added is just awesome like i could mm -hmm. lose myself in it for hours which i did last night <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I agree the story is um, I keep I want to keep going through it like I want to see what's next and I don't really remember feeling that hungry about the story in Kiwami as much obviously because I didn't get nearly as far as you did um, but I really like the story um, and the characters too um, they were really um, fun characters silly but serious and overall, it was just a really good story that I was invested in all the way to the end. And I don't even feel like, for me, there were any, like, goofy moments where I were like, why are we doing this, guys? 
You know, like in Tales, <laughs> there are some times where I was like, why are we going back there? Like, why are we doing this again? But in this game, I don't, I, I really was like, mm-hmm. okay, this makes sense. Okay, let's do this. You know, like, yeah. was there anything for you that stuck out as like, why are we making these decisions? No, and I think that's a good point because I think that happens a lot in games where there's like a few moments where it's just like, this is just a stupid decision. Why are the characters making us do this or anything? Like, mm-hmm. this game was like, it wasn't super serious. Like, it's not like it's like no fun or laughter allowed, but it was still like fairly serious with the plot and everything and just kept it moving along like at a steady pace. And I think that does really good for a game like this. Yeah. Just keeping it moving and everything. I agree. Um, to anything else you want to add about the story? Um, I really enjoyed it. I liked a lot of the characters and I definitely think the game does a good job of introducing everyone and letting you get to know them by doing little missions with them and everything to mm-hmm. know their characters. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll get into probably the bulk of everything uh, for this game, which is the gameplay. Um, and we'll start with the weapons. Um, mm-hmm. So there is a ton of weapons in this game. And you start off with one of every one, so you can try them all, which is really cool. Um, there were some new additions. I believe the sword and shield and the chain whip are new to the game. Um, and I know you tried those out. So how are those different? Um, from what I've tried of them, to just a little bit of them, the sword and shield is varying from the regular sword in that we have the shield, so you can... Uh, do like a block, do block attacks. Mm-hmm. But you also have different things where with the sword and shield, you can put away your shield and do powerful like two-handed sword attacks with it that are slower and hit like a very large area, but do a fair amount of damage. Um, you also have the ability to go to like a dual-wielding stance where you have like a sword pop out of your shield and you do like a lot faster like stabbing attacks between your sword and your shield like stabbing at enemies Mm -hmm. but at the same time you also get different benefits where then like once you run out of being able to do the dual wielding attack thing uh i think you can refill it by blocking attacks with using the shield so you kind of go back and forth with dealing damage and then trying to defend your party by blocking attacks that's cool Mm -hmm. um the chain whip or chain sword whatever it was uh I tried it out. It seems pretty cool. It's not as close range as, say, like the daggers and like that. That's very short range. It's got like a fairly medium range whipping the uh, chain around. And you have like a few different attacks that just hit large areas around you. And it also has a ranged attack where you shoot glowing shards into enemies that then the next time you hit them with your whip, you cause all those shards to explode. So mm-hmm. it's something useful to have if you have to uh, stay back from the enemy because it's doing an attack or you need to move away from it. Which happens a lot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or if you're scared of dying, so you're like, I'm just going to stay away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Which is a very good strategy sometimes when you're running out of healing stuff. So yeah, I know. It definitely I s- seems like a cool weapon. I started <laughs> with a long sword because that's what I had in Kiwami. And I tried some other weapons like the gun because I'm usually better at range. <laughs> than in melee um, but 
but I'm not that good at the gun, but I loved using it. I just think I need to <laughs> practice a little bit more and maybe not attempt to try it on a boss that is so mobile, I guess. Um, but I ended up with a chain sickle for a nice kind of mid range to melee um, that I really do enjoy. I'm really addicted to it. Um, so yeah, I'll probably try the chain whip because it sounds interesting mm -hmm. as well for how I like to play. I don't like to be in the boss's face all the time <laughs> or <laughs> crammed in a corner between arms or legs or whatever. Um, but all the, the weapons that I tried felt really easy to pick up and very smooth um, gameplay-wise. Some just felt mm -hmm. slower than others compared to how I like to play, but um, they all seem to feel pretty good to me. What about you? Um, yeah. Uh, I like most of the weapons. I ended up sticking with the daggers primarily, just like I did last game. And I meant to try out the chain whip a bit more, but every time we go, it's like, oh, I can make a new weapon. I'll make my new daggers. Make my new daggers. <laughs> just because I really enjoy the mobility you get with the daggers, mm. because uh, your attacks are very swift, so it's really easy to just be able to dodge roll suddenly because you're like, oh, it's about a hit. Like, you're not stuck in the middle of an attack animation or something because they're very short. Uh, you can jump in the air to get on top of enemies and bounce on top of them, which is a lot safer than being at their feet where they could do a tail swipe or yes. stomp on you or something. Yes. yes. So I like being able to just like keep bouncing on top of them and being in the air. And the daggers have like a super powerful uh, like whirlwind attack thing where you just spin in a circle and slash at everything, which hits super hard and... Uh, Fortunately, like your starter Mitama has like all the special abilities you need to get like a ridiculous combo where you can just spin to win in one place and, <laughs> and do it for over. the entire yeah for the entire duration of your attack buffs. Uh, so that's really nice. And so it's really good for being able to kill bosses really fast. Yeah. So I really enjoyed the daggers and just kept using them because they're really powerful. <laughs> yeah, and I should. We should say that um, there is a training um, feature in this game, um, so you can try out each weapon. I think you get an achievement for doing all the training modules as well, so you might as well do it. It's an easy achievement. Um, and since you get them starting off, um, you just equip them, do the training, and they'll teach you how to use it. And so that way it may help you kind of figure out what you want to do instead of going out into a boss fight with a gun and realizing that you're not very good um, <laughs> like I did. So definitely take advantage of that. It's in the headquarters of the town. It's the individual on the right when you approach the counter uh, as the training person. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really like trying out all the weapons, but it is very interesting how both of us and I know a friend that we've played with um, over multiplayer the past couple weekends, we've all stuck with, like, <laughs> the same weapon even though we can try a variety um mm -hmm. but it is a nice feature that you have so many and i think you know probably it encourages you to use the encyclopedia in the game to research the fights so that you do know what weapon to bring but when it comes to crafting which we'll talk about a little bit later i think much like you said you go to the crafter and you're like oh wow i could just upgrade my current weapon and do more damage and you kind of go that route <laughs> mm -hmm. Or at least I have been as well. Yeah, which just because, uh, just because you mentioned it, I want to bring it up a bit more. 
is there is like an encyclopedia in the menu that's really easy to go to and has a ton of information on the game mm-hmm. of like you can look at the characters like you can look up like the backstory and all the people you meet you can look up the different oni you can see what items they drop you can see a bit of information about them and you can see their weaknesses and what they're uh, vulnerable to which can be really important for some fights because they'll get information like oh like this type of oni its wings are vulnerable to thrust attacks so like if you're having trouble with the boss or anything i'd be like okay i want to use a weapon that does thrusting damage so i'd be like i try to spear and then you can break their wings easier using something like that yeah so it gives like a lot of information it's not necessary on every boss to go do something like that since we just brute force everything with our same (laughs) weapons but (laughs) but it is helpful Mm -hmm. if you're trying to farm like certain pieces um Mm -hmm that you need for gear like it's very helpful and also it shows your relationship status with your teammates and people in the town as well which is also helpful because you can increase those so yeah i'm glad you brought that up the encyclopedia is really really helpful in this game like i would encourage you to definitely check it out um, and spend some time in there it can really make things a lot easier um either fighting or farming mats or just making sure you're building that relationship status with your party as well. Yeah, it also has all the uh, different button combinations for the weapons. So if you're like, okay, I'm using this weapon, I remember it had some ability, but forget how to do it, and you don't want to go through the whole training, just look at your weapon and, oh yeah, it's square and circle, does this or something like that, square and triangle, whatever. Yeah, or you just ask the person in your party the bazillionth time like I do. Like, <laughs> Smashy, what, is, what ability is this again? <laughs> like, okay, okay. <laughs> triangle, and what was it? See, I can't even remember it now. Triangle, triangle and circle. And circle. <laughs> I'm terrible. I know what you're talking about. I remember it when I'm playing by myself in the open world, but, like, I just don't know. Um... So one thing else to mention, there are elemental buffs and debuffs in this game um, that comes on your weapon and your armor, and bosses can be strong or weak against certain um, elements. Um, And I know we kind of talked about this a little bit, because at the end it kind of gets a little crazy, because I think, aren't they all resistance? They resist fire, but they Mm -hmm. give you fire weapons? Yeah, like the last five bosses are kind of uh like fire bosses or fire element and since most bosses like the armor and the weapons you bait like you make from their uh parts are all based on them so you're making a pair of fire daggers or whatever that have a lot of fire damage on them and then the next boss you're fighting is resistant to fire (laughs) yeah (laughs) so now fortunately the way the damage is applied and everything is a weapon has a certain amount of its damage is physical damage and a certain amount is element elemental damage and that'll vary based on the weapon so some weapons might do more physical damage than they do elemental damage where some might do like a very small amount of physical but a large large amount of elemental damage Mm -hmm. and that's going to really depend how good they are against something that's strong or weak to their element so what you use is up to you and a lot of times you can fortify an existing weapon to make it strong enough so it might be effective even though it has a lot lower damage overall because it has a lot of elemental damage it might be good against something that is a uh, weak to that so it's up to you to look up the bosses and experiment with it 
or just use whatever weapon does the most damage will often work pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But just want yeah. you know to let you guys know mm-hmm. that that is out there. If case in case you're into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is crafting in this game, which you know is a big part of it, mm-hmm. um, and it's a lot of fun. Um, I like the look of the weapons and the armor. And it is very addicting when you take down a new boss and you run back to see what (laughs) new armor you've unlocked and new weapons. Mm -hmm. Um, But since you can explain it a little bit clearer Mm -hmm. than I can, will you explain creating, fortifying, and reforging and crafting? There are three different things you can do uh, at the blacksmith. The first is creating an item out of various materials that... Once you have at least a few of the materials, I think, the game will list the item there, even if you don't have all of them, and it'll show you what you need. And if you click on them, you can uh, see where they drop from, or at least like different ways on how to get that item. So that's really helpful. And uh, usually with every boss, they have their own armor set and weapon that they make. So it's like you kill a boss, you can go back and look at the whole armor set that you can create from the parts from that boss. And then once you've made those parts, you can fortify them, which is using various different uh, materials that you can find like in the battlefield and everything, and not specifically parts from a boss, but you use those to increase the stats on a uh, piece of uh, armor or a weapon. And those you have a bit of choice um, on what you upgrade, whether like you want to upgrade the physical damage on a weapon, the elemental damage on a weapon, or even the dexterity, which is sort of like your crit chance on that weapon. So you can customize your weapon a little bit by how you pick to fortify it. And then reforging is taking an existing weapon and using different po- uh, parts from different Oni or a different boss or something and creating a whole new weapon out of it. Which is pretty sweet. Um, yeah. Um, most of them, most uh, everything can reforge from their normal mode version to a hard mode version using a whole new set of hard mode materials from a stronger form of that boss or wherever you get the parts from but some weapons have like a few different branching paths you can sort of upgrade them through so like some of your starter weapons have like a few different things you can upgrade to from uh some of the different oni that you find early on in the open world or some of the early bosses which is pretty nice so you can use like those different weapons and reforge them into something different which does reset their fortify count so you have to refortify them again because you're mm-hmm. making it into a whole new weapon but it's definitely something to add like a bit more variety to your early weapons and everything yeah it's definitely fun to um i think we have a bunch well you have even more armor than i do because you're very fashionable um Mm -hmm. (laughs) so but um it's really fun to see how often you can change your outfit i know going back to kiwami um with how that one is with how that is set up and how upgrading armor is set up there i feel kind of stuck in what i'm wearing because it's so good Mm -hmm. um because it takes so long to fortify it back in kiwami (laughs) yeah but in this one i feel like i have a lot of variety I feel versatile, and then I feel like once I get a set I like, I can decide that that's the one I want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I love 
the creating, the fortifying, and reforging a lot. Um, mm-hmm. We literally beat up a boss, and we just head straight toward <laughs> the weaponsmith <laughs> because mm-hmm. we want to see what we can make. And you can um, preview the armor before you craft it as well, um, which is really nice, and the weapons too, so that's mm-hmm. cool. Unfortunately, you can preview the individual pieces, but you can't really preview the entire set right. on your character at once, Yeah, which is a bit unfortunate, but... It's always fun where it's like, okay, we killed the boss, get that little bit of uh, adrenaline rush and everything. Like, yeah, that was good. And then we're back in town. Hurry, rush to the blacksmith. What's the armor look yeah. like? <laughs> and then that's where it's like, oh, okay, this looks really, ooh. Yeah. Going through, oh, this is a crazy giant helmet with demon horns. <laughs> yeah, and side note, you can oh, hide your helmet mm-hmm. in this game, and you might want to in some of the, <laughs> some of the outfits. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I enjoy the fact that I can change up my look however often I want to. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that. Um, anything else you want to talk about when it comes to weapons and crafting? Um, like I was saying, there is like a normal version. And after you finish the game, I'm just going to mention it briefly here, is like a, there is like a hard mode version of every boss. And using all the materials from the different hard mode versions of the boss... You can remake, uh, you can like reforge the different low level sets that you have to one that looks the same but has like vastly improved stats. So it's something that's really nice. If you had a start armor set you liked but it was fairly low level, you can then reforge and get a chance to wear it again. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a lot stronger instead of wearing something that's really weak and leaving you vulnerable to a lot of damage. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to get some of those armor sets back again after you went past them in the normal game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to jump into talking about the Matama because I'm addicted mm-hmm. to collecting them <laughs> at this point. So mm-hmm. the Matama are heroes from the past that you kind of in- unlock or find during encounters out in the world and on missions. And they have abilities that assist you in battle. Um, there's a ton of them. Um, you can use three of them at a time, I believe, on your equipment. So you get one for your armor, your weapon, and your new weapon, which is your demon hand um, in this game. Um, mm-hmm. They have a lot of different kind of areas that they cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I use, I started off using defense um, a lot because they offer a nice shield um, that makes mm-hmm. you OP and invulnerable um but then i think i've switched now to attack so i can do a lot of damage but um which ones do you use um i mainly use attack too just increase the damage just because for me that's the easiest one to use but there is definitely a wide variety uh like some of the interesting ones that i like to bring allies that have these like the different npc is the plunder one which focuses on destroying the uh, Oni's body parts and breaking Mm -hmm. those off. There's Deceit, which focuses on getting behind the enemy, so you do more, like, critical hits and get more bonus damage that way, which I tried out for a bit, but I don't know if it was because we were fighting the uh, one boss that has a shell, which isn't very good to hit from behind. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't find it worked very well for me, even though I think it's supposed to be good. Uh... There's healing, which is a very nice one to have yes. someone your party with. <laughs> um, who there are different abilities. Then um, they have like a healing circle and stuff that can heal their party and revive them if people die. 
or like cleanse status ailments on people, which is very helpful. Yes. Um, there's very control. <laughs> there's control, which I forget if this might be a new one for this game, but it allows you to summon little spirits, which uh, do various things whenever you attack the Oni. Like they'll attack with you and some of the different things where like if you're using the ritual of purification, they'll like spin around you and defend you to like knock anyone away from you. Hmm. I haven't tried that, like that one, obviously. I didn't know that. I tried it out a little bit, but I personally didn't find it connecting very well with me. Mm -hmm. um, there's also speed, which focuses on regenerating your focus gauge uh, faster, getting your movement speed faster so you can run around more, so you attack faster and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. And I remember I used it a lot in Kiwami with the gun, but with the way they've changed the gun, I haven't really enjoyed using it in a token too. Mm -hmm. But that's just a few of the different types. Uh, I know all, is, mm -hmm. They all have their own abilities um, yeah. within them, and you can level them up by, you know, by going out in the world and fighting bosses and doing missions. And it's, mm -hmm. I, it's really addicting, um, because even just like, I, I'm going off on a tangent, and sorry to interrupt you. These are not in the <laughs> notes. But visually, it's just so appealing. Like, you get this really pretty box that pops up, nice dialogue, voice acting, and you see, like, as you're fighting, you see all these abilities that you are leveling, and you see what level that they're leveled to, and, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I just don't know what it is. Like, I am just so addicted to, I just rotate <laughs> them out. Like, oh, you're maxed. Okay, let's try another one. Oh, you're maxed. Let's try another one. It's just, it's so much fun. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I really like them, and I like the way they've uh, changed the skill-up system in that each Matama has, like, a list of, like, special abilities for that Matama and everything, and there's, like, a few that you start with unlocked, and then they have, like, a kind of, like, ultimate skill at the end that unlocks after you unlock all the other ones. But then each of those skills has, like, a specific requirement of what you need to do to gain EXP for that skill, so it'll be like something like use a specific weapon or purify a Oni part or just deal damage to Oni or something like that. But they have all kinds of different conditions like that. But once you max out a skill, all the EXP that you would be gaining to that skill by doing whatever its condition is kind of like bleeds over into the other skills to level them up, mm -hmm. which I think is a really great system because it allows you to like if you really want to level it up super fast, you can look at what you need and try to like do as many of those as you can. But if you're just kind of relaxed, like, well, level it up slowly or whatever, you can just do whatever. And pretty much anything that you do just by fighting and purifying parts and everything, you'll end up leveling up that Mitama to max out all of its skills eventually. Yeah. So I like it how like there's two different ways to look at it, but both ways you'll end up with everything maxed on it, which is really nice. And... The other thing about them I think is cool is they're based on a lot of different uh, uh, different people. Well, I was going to say characters, but people from like uh, Japanese history and everything mm -hmm. like that. And some from different Japanese lore. Like I'm using uh, Susano, I think is how you pronounce it, and Kushinada together because they're married. So I'm you get a buff. Because... So you yeah. get a buff because of that. Yeah, so I have a special buff which increases my HP slightly because... They have a special connection between those two uh, Mitama. So using them together, you get little bonuses like that. 
which I think is just really cool. Like, I just I just want a Matama game somehow. Like, I, I don't know what it would be. Um, I don't know if it's a, like a Matama card game. Like, I don't know, but I love them. I love the artwork. I love the voice acting. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, the artwork on the Matama. Like, let me buy an art book, please. Please. Mm-hmm. Um, it They're just... I, I love them. Like, I always... And you can also... So, extra bit of knowledge. Um... Mm-hmm. You can get a buff in town um, at the shrine to increase either your bonding with your current Matama or to increase your chance of getting new Matama. I always do the buff to increase my chance of getting new Matama. Always before I go out. I think it lasts like an hour. And You can actually use both buffs at the same time. (laughs) What? Are you for real? You can pick one and then you can just go and do the other one and get both. I didn't even know that. Oh my god, I thought I had to pick. So... No, I understand though, because that's what I did the first few times, and I think one time I picked one that I was like, you know what, I want the other one, and just got both. I'm like, oh, there, there we go. <laughs> so, but I mean, literally, like, I, w- I want more with the Matama, like not in this game. Like, I think that they're, I think it's perfect right now. Like, I don't have any complaints at all. I just, I'm so addicted to collecting them, matching them, maxing them. I, I just think, I just, I really love them a mm-hmm. lot. And it's like literally last night I was running around doing quests in the world, just hoping that I could get new Matama because there is an achievement for getting all of them as well. Yeah. And each Matama also comes with a, uh, if you look at their like card that you get with them, it shows uh, a bit of the history for each of those Matama. Mm-hmm. And so you can get like a bit of a background information because some of them are like, they're very obviously like human. They're probably like an actual person that existed. And then some of them, it's like, this person is a ghost or something. It's like, what is the story behind this? Mm-hmm. And it's they so all have awesome. like very, yeah, they all have like very nice bits of history with them and everything, it's or great. bits of. Uh... Mm-hmm. And then, so talking, I brought up the shrine, so I'm going to jump right in there. Um, Kuan <laughs> is your shrine maiden in town. We'll just leave it at that. Um, you can get food buffs from her. Just don't read what you're eating, but you get food buffs from her. <laughs> um, she's also how you pick your party members if you want to go out in the world um, to fight. Um, and all I'm going to say is, because we put it in the notes, the food is based upon ingredients that you pick up in the world. So enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And then there are some things you can buy from a merchant in town. So she gives you the Matama buffs we mentioned, the food buffs, um, and your party members, so you can pick who you bring. Um, sometimes when you're doing if you open go... world stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you go on certain missions, the game, especially if it's with a story, it will pick your party for you, uh, which can be a shock when you think you're bringing a healer and you don't have a healer <laughs> in your group and you get scared. Um, story does not like bringing the healer. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> but um, so that's where you get that. Um, there's also one of my favorite things is the pool of purity. Um, I love hot springs in games, um, and this is basically a hot spring. Um, you get tokens to go into the pool, you get cutscenes, and you also get buffs when you leave the pool um, and you go out in the world, whether it's on missions or just running around the open world. I don't know what it is, but whenever my lovely Nanako goes into the bath time, it's always the guy's bath. Like, 
I've by accident. You by know. accident. There's and no like, good signs there that warn you of uh, no. They don't. Whose time it is? <laughs> they don't tell you what time it is, and they don't really kick you out totally. Like they're kind of like, well, you're here, and I'm here, but I'm gonna leave. Um, but later on mm-hmm. in the game, as you start to max out relationships, um, you can decide who you want to bathe with, depending upon the time. So if it's the female time, you get to pick from all the females that you've maxed out. Um, if it's the male time, you get to pick from all the males that you've maxed out, and then you get that buff when you leave the bath. And you do get a nice little cutscene. Um, well, I'm not mm-hmm. always saying it's nice, but yeah. you do get a cutscene that is pretty funny, <laughs> to me at least. Mm-hmm. So um, you unlock that shortly after you start the game, but you have to do a little bit of the story. Yeah. And you can get kicked out and not get a buff if it's the wrong time, but I'm not sure if that's only if you end up being in there with a character that you have like a very low relationship with because you haven't done much with them yet. But it seems like as you start building up the relationship with the characters, even when you go in there and it's the wrong time, they're just like, oh, you're here. Well, then. And it's like, you enjoyed a bath together. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's, this game is really a good mix of seriousness and silliness. And this is just one area where the silliness can pop up. And um, I, it's after the seriousness of near this was a nice little um break in Mm -hmm. that um (laughs) so a couple other things in town that you can do and we'll go back because i noticed we missed one thing um there's a cauldron um i have not used this to be perfectly honest um but it synthesizes materials from other materials have you i think you experimented with it right i looked at it didn't end up using it (laughs) because The thing I found is it seems like more or less you can synthesize a lot of the different materials that you can find on the uh, battlefield and exploring the ages and everything, like exploring the world map. Mm-hmm. You can synthesize a lot of those materials from some of the different uh, materials you get from bosses, which I think is sort of in there. Like if you do a lot of multiplayer and you need some of the stuff that you would be getting from going out in the world, but all the multiplayer stuff is just like doing the specific missions. So maybe it's something for that. Like if you don't play much of the single player stuff at all, but I just found that the materials that you like it to make something, usually you need like a very specific list of materials that you can turn into it. Mm -hmm. And then you need like three plus to guarantee getting like one of the other things. So you need like a ton of the other material. If you need some of like, the one material and most of the materials you can make from it aren't the very useful ones from my experience so yeah it's like every time i was like oh i need a material and then i'm like okay i'm like you know i'll check the cauldron and see if i can make it there and it's like nope nope and everything i can make in the cauldron like it does list how many you have when you're looking at the items and like 50 of those 60 of those like i really don't need to make anymore <laughs> well maybe that's something they can improve on i think it's new to yeah this game I- think it's a new feature and it might just be that i've happened to find a lot of the items that you can make with it or i just haven't used them for different things so it could be useful so it's definitely something if you're looking for a material and you can't really get it maybe check the cauldron to see if you can make it there but i didn't find much of a use for it from the few times i looked at it okay i'll take a look tonight (laughs) see what i can do if anything 
Um, so if you guys have played Koami, then you remember the cute little Tenko creatures mm-hmm. that are like dual fox, dual tail foxes, I guess is what you would call them. Yeah. Um, they are cool. adorable. Um, so in Kiwami, they would go out and gather materials for you. They have a different way of doing that in Tokiden 2. We'll talk about that in a second. So right now, the Tenko, um, you can give them food to change their color and their voices. Sam is in Kiwami. Um, and once you max your affection, um, by f- you can feed it snacks. It'll go in yeah. the world and like give you gifts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, one of my guys came out oh i have three of them how many do you have smashy i have one (laughs) i thought i'd have two because i found two and then i went back to town and only one of them was there (laughs) (laughs) so yeah like i have three and mine are named nines noctis and prompto and prompto is pink because it just seemed to fit (laughs) nines is is all white and Mm -hmm. noctis well, he's yellow, but I can't change him to... I would love to make um, his fur black, but I don't think you can do that. So, but, mm-hmm. um, so Nines came out with me last night in the open world, and uh, he helped me fight a little bit, and then I had to, like, give him affection. I clapped for him, and he, like, <laughs> jumped and twirled. It was adorable. Um, so they're still in the game. They kind of do a different role now, but they're still around, and you can collect, like... A lot of them <laughs> um so yeah i think they're adorable um yeah. and i think uh i've seen if you max the affection on your tanko by feeding it snacks repeatedly mm-hmm. and taking down the world and everything with you you can uh share one of your mitama with it and i think i read that it'll use uh, abilities from that mitama so i'm guessing that means like it'll like help heal you maybe it'll buff you occasionally something like that oh that's cool so it can do like different little combat bonuses for you. I have I believe... not maxed out an affection yet of any yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. I just got mine, so <laughs> I don't even think I filled the affection at all. I fed it a bunch of food, but <laughs> <laughs> they don't like you in this game. Yet. They don't like you. <laughs> I like them. They're so adorable. They're little <laughs> spirit foxes things. <laughs> so what they used to do. Uh, and Koami would go out you could send them out to different ages in the world and they would gather materials for you so in Togeden 2 they transferred that to the to this thing called a Machina Um, and you can send it out to search for materials based on kind of a brain circuit that you put in them Um, well that determines what materials they gather for you I did this a little bit last night I think I attempted five trips and three out of the five, he failed. Like, oh, that's a pretty good success rate. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to repair him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a cooking circuit because that was the only one I could make right then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna see it through, because um, he's leveling. So I know he's he's a low level, um, mm-hmm. but um, and I only got like one of a few things when he came back so but i'm gonna stick with it um i don't expect him to bring back a ton especially being a low level but um i hope that it gets better i do like the idea that you can kind of customize what you want it to go after Mm -hmm. um i think that that's really cool i just want to experiment more with it because i just haven't had it unlocked 
and and actually focused on it because I was so addicted to the story. So, yeah, I think if I remember the different things that you can set it to is there's I know there's smithing, uh, building, and cooking. And I think there's a fourth one that I'm forgetting, but I think it's a uh, building gets you the base materials that you would use to make weapons and armor. Uh, smithing is the materials you'd use to upgrade them, and then cooking is the different food materials, so mm-hmm. you can kind of specialize what you're looking for by sending your thing out there. The problem I had with it, at least, is it seems like a when you get it, it only is going to work in like the very lowest like difficulty areas to find materials, Yeah. but you get it at the point of a game where you're fairly far past that. And I found the materials I needed to upgrade it, like, I was missing specifically, like, the amulet or something like that, which mm-hmm. you could only find in the Age of Peace, or, like, the first age right outside when you leave the village, which I think from, I ended up finding amulets finally just by buying them in the store once I went out and did a bunch of the side quests in the Age of Peace to uh, increase the items that are available in the store. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's how you end up having to get them is going doing the quest in an area you had to kind of clean it out and make it so you get more items in the store and then you can buy them there if you're supposed to actually be able to find them in those locations because just all my running around stuff, I never ended up finding them. But So once you start upgrading them, you start increasing the chance that they'll succeed on finding stuff in the different locations. Uh, you can increase the combat ability so they take less damage, but then you generally want to repair them every time they come back because yeah. I think uh, <laughs> I yeah. think if they get broken, like their all their like skills go down slightly. And I'm not sure if that's permanent or if that goes like gets fixed once you repair them. But I wasn't gonna take that chance. Work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so cool. I'm gonna stick with it. I think it's fun to experiment with, but. Um, We'll see um, on that part. So I'm going to do this next part, quest slash open world slash demon vision, because we skipped the demon vision. (laughs) Um, So there are a ton of quests in this open world, and I mean a ton, and they are so fun to do, and I would encourage you to do them all because some of them help you increase your storage. Some of them unlock new Matama that that's the only way you can get them probably they're tied to certain weapons in the area um they it's just there are so many things to do in the world and it's so awesome um also while you're running around um you'll probably see little green spots on your map in the top right Mm -hmm. and those are little items that you can pick up so like you were saying smashy running around and picking up items in the world it's nice that it labels what's there for you but a lot of times, especially um, in Togoden 2, you'll want to spend some time in your demon vision because there are a lot of things that you can only see in your demon vision that you can't see um, outside of it. And I don't know if you want to speak to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the demon vision uh, is very helpful when you're going to explore an area because there's uh, specific items you can only find there like both uh like some sparkles will only appear there and then there are certain items that you can only find on those uh different like sparkles in the map and everything that have like i think one of them is like the eye of truth mask or something like that mm-hmm. which you can only find using the demon site to find those and uh 
using the demon sight causes your focus to stop regenerating. So you need to be careful how much you use it. But as you start clearing out an area more, you find that you can do a lot more of your running without your focus draining as quickly. So, so sorry, it's a little bit easier to keep your demon sight on while you're going and exploring in an area. Mm-hmm. And definitely during certain boss fights, during certain boss fights too, it's helpful to use the demon sight because uh, you can see the different weak points on the Oni that you can break off. So like you can see how maybe its hands will be breakable or its wings or something like that that you can break off. And you can also find there will be a uh, hidden shrine sometimes in a boss arena. Which you desperately so, need. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> if you need to refill your skills during a boss fight and you don't see a shrine, usually if it's for a mission or something like that, there will be a shrine, whether it's that you can see it normally or you have to use your demon sight to find them. But yeah, I like the demon sight. Like, it looks really cool. It has an awesome effect. And there's different parts in the story. We have to use it to like, track things. And it just looks really cool. I like it. Yeah, I like the change that they made that you mentioned as well from Kiwami. It makes it a lot easier to spend time in there and run around and explore. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but the open world is so addicting. I know we talked about this a little bit before, but it's really a lot of fun. And I love that they added that. Um, it's great. So I'm going to mm-hmm. probably fire it up for a little bit tonight and run around <laughs> and see what else I can do. Um, yeah. Um, I like with the open world, there's a lot of locations you can use your demon hand to interact with the environment. Mm-hmm. Whether, like, uh, I know one thing I did is, like, there was, like, a spider web I was able to rip down to summon a boss, or there's, like, a cliff that you can see there's a quest up ahead, but you don't know how to get up there. You can just use the demon hand, it'll fling you up the cliff or something like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of different locations where, like, you'll see a quest icon or something, but it'll be like, man, I can't figure out how to get there. But if you run up close, you'll see that there's somewhere you can use the demon hand to just interact with the environment to reveal that quest. Yeah, and going cool. back to Kiwami, I really mm-hmm. missed the demon hand from Tokaden <laughs> 2. Really missed it. It makes the gameplay a lot of fun and exploring the world a lot of fun. Yeah. So. Even when you think you don't use the demon hand that much in combat sometimes, and then just suddenly you don't have, and you're like, oh, man, I really want just like pull myself over to the boss or yeah. do something <laughs> yeah um so anything else about that you want to talk about with the demon vision the quest the open world um that's what it i really like the open world too just even for the story and stuff just getting to run around and explore this large area and like just suddenly running into an area and oh there's a huge boss only and going to fight them it's really fun after i've beaten the game and throw a low level <laughs> yeah it's great Um, so the online play is a big deal for this game Mm -hmm. um and we've tried it together obviously we've tried it with another friend the past couple weekends and we've randomly had people drop in (laughs) um in our lobbies and um i just want to speak to that uh quickly because um it was so easy to set up a lobby and to join a lobby because it remembers your colleagues um mm-hmm. once you init- initially get in with them in their lobby um but the gameplay was smooth fast there were no issues i saw um mm-hmm. with the online multiplayer um it it just felt like we were all sitting together on the couch 
playing the game, even though we were <laughs> not. Um, but I, I just thought um, it was done really well and had no problems. We didn't have problems in Kiwami either, but I just wanted to drop that in there. Yeah, I think the closest thing we have to like any error in the multiplayer is occasionally like where you'll see uh, the boss or something on your screen is slightly different than what's happening on someone else's screen sometimes. Yeah. So you get like a weird thing where like one person's standing cleansing apart and then you see someone standing like a few feet away from you cleansing. They're like, what are they doing? And then it's like, oh, on their screen, they're standing next to it and cleansing. Yeah. Hey, so like but the cleansing, things like that, but, the yeah. cleansing still works together. Um, but we just look like crazy people. <laughs> That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing like actually bad where it's like your position, your character's position seems to always be accurate. So if like you place a healing circle down when you're standing next to someone, you're not running into like, oh, they're not being affected by it because on their screen they're far away. Yeah. Like the only problems like, occasion is like the few little things with the demon parts that break off and get like flung across the room seem to land in different places, but more like the actual multiplayer and gameplay and everything was perfectly fine like you barely even notice this stuff aside yeah. from just laughing when you're like why are you standing up? <laughs> yeah so without further ado we'll jump into our favorite section called the salt um i really don't have a lot of salt um the one thing i did notice after playing some in the open world last night and today is i wish there was a fast way just to travel back to um to the Mm -hmm. main town um there is fast travel in the game but it's very spread out um and nothing Mm -hmm. is like a little bit more frustrating than um you need to get off the ps4 but you're in right (laughs) smack dab in the middle of two like stones that'll teleport you so Mm -hmm. it'd be really nice if either it was a matama that had something that could i don't know i'm relating this to like persona games but (laughs) someone that could teleport you back or even like just an item that you had that it would use it but you would just bam go right back you know to the main town that would be kind of nice i agree it's there's definitely sometimes where you're out there there are all the little barrier stones which can help you get back a little bit easier but you can still end up uh far away from all those Mm -hmm. even though there's more of them than the waypoints out uh from town into the other area The other thing is, I do wish you could switch weapons once you got into a like a mission or a Mm -hmm. fight. Um, It would be cool just to be able to, even if you could only have one other one on you. So if you wanted to say have a gun, and then you realize that you're terrible (laughs) at guns and switch to what you're good at, or if you realize this encounter is better fit for range, you know you could switch. But once again, like. I'm happy with my weapon. I'm committed to it. I have chosen it. And mm-hmm. also, it encourages you to learn about the boss. So this is just me kind of being lazy. I don't really... It doesn't hurt the game that I can't. <laughs> I'm just being lazy. Mm-hmm. That's all. I agree with it, though, because it would be very neat to see like that bit of a different strategy, like using one weapon for a certain thing and then switching to another one. But I understand they're going for more of like, they want you to be prepared before you're going out there to fight and everything so that you prepare beforehand then you go out and just do your best with what you have yeah but that's Mm -hmm. i mean that's all i had is there anything else you had for the salt um pretty much the same thing as you mine's kind of the other way going from town out to the world map there's like one 
stone to warp to per area and their areas are pretty large usually and they can be full of like very winding roads so it can be kind of hard to tell where to go sometimes when it's like in the fog mm-hmm. or you haven't been to because it's like i think this road's going there but the road could just turn 90 degrees go straight down and like not go towards it or something but it's one of the things as you've played a bit more and you explore more of the area like one time just running across all the paths you unlock it all so yeah it's not that big a deal because then you can see where everything is better yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, not, not like a lot it. of salt this week mm-hmm. or last I'm not week. very salty <laughs> i mean i was really salty about heroes so i'm fine that this right <laughs> that was <laughs> that that was your limit that was the extent the of my salt <laughs> so um i know you wanted to say a couple things about the post-game content mm-hmm. that you really did like mm-hmm. um I do like that once you finish the main story, or if you're playing a multiplayer, once you fight what is the final boss of the game in multiplayer, you unlock new missions, and in the main story, you can like set the open world to like a hard mode mm-hmm. where everything's kind of ramped up in difficulty. And most of the hard mode bosses and everything, they're the same as normal, but they'll usually have like a few slight differences, like. They might have a few unique abilities in hard mode or they might have like different ads that spawn in and run around and join in the fight mm-hmm. at different points, which is different than norm where you might just be fighting the boss. So they had like a little bit more difficulty in that, but mostly it's just you're going through fighting the bosses again, but now they hit harder. Now they have way more HP, which can be kind of cool, especially for a lot of the early bosses because you can fight them in the main story before you unlock like all your special abilities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So now you get a chance to use them on these bosses that you didn't really get to before. Because once you unlock them, if you go back and fight them, you're like too strong and kill them too fast. Yes, we've experienced that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the thing I really liked with it is uh, it's really seamless. The moment you beat the game, like within like, if you're doing it in multiplayer, later within like a minute, you can just go and start doing stuff in hard mode. Yeah. In the main story, I think you can do like you have to do like a little bit of talking to one person, but boom, it's unlocked. You beat the game. Now you can just jump right into the hard mode version. And everything, which I think a lot of games, like even with good new game pluses and stuff, a lot of times you kind of have that. Oh, if I want to do it again, I'm gonna to have to go through the tutorial yeah. and go through the starting area. <laughs> Like, even if it's not, like, an actual tutorial, it's just there's some sort of starting area that just kind of starts off slowly. So it can be kind of like, do I want to jump right into that now after I just beat the game? Yeah. But I like that it's just kind of seamless. It's like, boom, you beat the game. Now you can do everything on hard mode. You can try to get the, like, upgrade your weapons and armor even further if you want to. Otherwise, you can just be like, bam, beat the game. Yeah. It was very, very smooth. Like, I didn't even notice. I was like, well... Oh, wow, look at all these things I unlocked. Um, So, yeah, that was nice. Um, One thing I want to just tag in here that I wish they would add in the future of the Tokuden games is Mm -hmm. a way to upgrade and customize the look of your house. Like, in Kiwami, we had a pretty nice house. In Tokuden Mm -hmm. 2, it's not as nice. I'm just going to say that. Token until you can at least turn and look through your house, but there's at least a bed. There's not much to look. There, there's no, a, bed two, there's not a bed in Kwame. In Kwame, you have a bed. It you can't go into the room that has the bed, right? And you can't really see in there very much. But there is a room with a bed. In Token and Two, 
there, there's not really room to sleep. I, no. I guess the only place you could sleep is on the dirt floor in the entrance to your house. So which has no door. Yeah, that, that's the only area that looks large enough for a person to lay down and sleep. So it would be <laughs> really party. cool if, like, I'm gathering all these materials, mm -hmm. right? If I could customize the inside, the outside, like everything. I, I would really enjoy that. I, um, I want to upgrade my house and just be massive and just look down on all the peasants and town. Stop. <laughs> no, I don't mean like that. I just mean like, you know, sweep a little bit. Mm -hmm. Add a bed. Add a bed, yeah. Stuff you like don't that. need a bed, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs to sleep? Right? We're too busy fighting yeah. demons. You just um, save and disappear as you log out. <laughs> <laughs> so mm -hmm. up next is our advice um, part. So if you guys um, are interested in picking it up or you have it and you want to get it start get started with it, these are some things that we either wish that we had done or we had uh, done, mm -hmm. and we just want to offer them as food for thought um, when you kick off your game. Um so clearly, the first thing would be farm mats to get better gear. Um, I think we focused hard on that in the demo. Mm -hmm. um, we went really, really hard on that because, as you guys know, <laughs> that's how we like to play. We like to out-level our uh, enemies. And in this game, mm -hmm. you out-level them by out-gearing them. So mm -hmm. um, we did that. Um, but one thing you'll notice, if you do farm online with friends online especially, um, you'll probably be looking for a couple of voices that maybe you mm -hmm. won't get, <laughs> and you'll look in the encyclopedia that says it drops from large oni, and you keep killing large oni with your friends, and you're having fun, but they never seem to drop. Um, never back. the one you want, at least. No, never the one you <laughs> want. Um, at that <laughs> point, you need to go back and do um, just progress your main story a little bit. It seems mm -hmm. like sometimes in these solo missions, uh, in the story, you'll get more of the voices and of the items that you need right away. And then you can go, mm -hmm. you know, back online and, uh, you know, just roll things over. <laughs> so we found that out the long way. Um, yep. So money is good to have in this game. And it it's not hard once you get it, but to start off... Um, just keep your basic mats to about 20 or 30 of them in your inventory and sell the rest. Um, just yeah. to kind of start building up that that money surplus. Because mm -hmm. right when you start the game, I definitely found, like, at the start I was struggling for money a bit. Because yeah. all the armor pieces you're making, it's like five, six, seven thousand 7,000 Haku or whatever the currency is yeah, that you need. And you do not get very much right at the start, it seemed like. So just went back and uh like you're saying there's a lot of materials that just by fighting stuff you'll end up with like suddenly like 70 80 of something without even noticing and you're like oh i guess i'll just sell down a bunch of them usually yeah. keeping like 20 or 30 of everything is pretty safe yeah mm -hmm. and then like we mentioned before try out all the weapons um find which one you like or a couple that you like so you can focus in on those at first don't forget to do the training missions uh, at the counter um, in the HQ. Um, and then, is there anything else? Um, you mentioned before the encyclopedia. So if you're looking for a specific item, definitely check the encyclopedia first. 
Um, also, once you unlock the carpenter, um, you want to do their quest because that's how you increase your storage space. So I didn't think mm-hmm. that you could run out of storage space, but <laughs> the fashionista that you are told me that you do run out of storage space. It had nothing to do with my armor. <laughs> well, yeah. you, you have a whole mm-hmm. bunch of mats to make a whole bunch of armor. So. <laughs> yeah, the first upgrade, like you unlock it in like chapter one, maybe chapter two of the game it's like very early on you can unlock the quest for the carpenter but you generally won't run out of uh space in your material storage chest until pretty much you're like finishing the game at that point like you'll that's when you'll start hitting 300 unique item types so you're not really in a rush to do it the only really really the only real reason i ran into it is just because we played in multiplayer and got to the point that we were fighting the final boss of the game (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in multiplayer and yeah. we're still in chapter one in the game so hadn't finished that quest so i was like man i'm just hitting the limit all the time but then you upgraded up to like 600 and i think i did another quest and it was like a thousand something i'm not even sure if i can hit that now but you know i think i have another quest upgraded further if somehow i would hit that <laughs> yeah so you definitely get plenty of room like pretty quickly but it's definitely something to do if you think that you're going to be playing a lot of multiplayer but not too much of the single player as to at least play enough to unlock the carpenter's first quest yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's all we had as far as major advice um there's not too much to know i mean the game pretty it makes it pretty easy to jump right into it Mm -hmm. so um okay guys well it's our final thoughts time um smash you want to give your final thoughts Mm -hmm. on token Two? Um, honestly, for me, like, it kind of surprised me because I forgot just how much fun playing Tokenum was. Mm-hmm. This one was definitely an improvement over Kwame, like we said. Like, there's a lot of different changes to some of the weapons and just the way the game looks, I think, is a lot nicer in this. Um, the story in this game also caught me, uh, caught me by surprise. Like, it was a lot more in-depth and, like, caught me a lot more than I thought it would. There's a lot of intrigue and rivalry going on, and it's just very well done. It's really fun to play through and everything. And I had a ton of fun playing it in co-op with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty easy uh, even near the... It was pretty easy even when we were helping out our other friend playing, who was like, we had to go through and do all the first starter missions and everything. We were able to get through all those pretty quickly and get them geared up pretty easily so it's definitely one of those things where even if you've been playing for a while if you want to play with someone who's not as far as you it's not really hard to like join in a party with them and do things with them and have fun with the game so that's a good point that's really nice like and honestly just overall i was really kind of just surprised with how much fun i had in the game just because uh like, I wasn't expecting this to be, like, a huge game. I was like, oh, finishing near. We have some time before Persona. We'll pick this up and play through it a bit. But I just had a ton of fun playing the game and really enjoyed it. It's, I mean, there are still a ton of quests and stuff we haven't done, but it's not, like, a massive game that you're going to play. I mean, you can't put a ton of time into it if you go to all the hard mode stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're playing on co-op. So I guess I shouldn't say it's not a game you can put a ton of time into, but... It's a game that, for the amount of time that we put into it, I wasn't expecting just how much fun and how in-depth we'd end up getting with it. 
I was really surprised. I liked it. Yeah, I I agree with all of that. I wasn't. I liked Kiwami, but I didn't get far. So I knew I was gonna like it, but I didn't realize how much I was going to like it. The mm-hmm. story, the visuals, the music, even and the voice acting are amazing. And we didn't talk about this before, but we should mention the cutscenes are gorgeous, mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Like I took a bunch of pictures. I can't share them because they might be spoilers, but man, I will be ready. Like, they are just beautiful. Um, I fell in love with the characters, everything. Um, the mechanics, uh, just so much fun to play. Like, every time I'm not playing it, I want to be playing it. Um, <laughs> and I picked up Kiwami again because of it. Um, I will say that I'm really thankful for all the upgrades that they did from Kiwami. They are noticeable, and they actually, like improve the game um so that was just amazing that they um made such nice improvements um Mm -hmm. but yeah i other than being able to upgrade my house the interior and exterior and kind of design it i was blown away i'm still addicted to this game i actually told sab last night i was like i kind of wish persona was coming out one more week (laughs) from now um, mm-hmm. Just because literally I, I want to be playing it right now. Like I'm thinking, okay, if we end the podcast right now, how much time can I get in on Token and 2 before I have to go to bed? <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. yeah, um, if, if you guys are interested in this type of game, you've never played it before, um, it's a great way to get involved, to get started um, in these kinds of like, I don't know what you call like action RPG, mm-hmm. like slasher crafting kind of games um Mm -hmm. you won't be disappointed the story's good the gameplay's great um and you can play with friends uh so i mean what what more can you ask for and it's seamless so um this one is definitely going to be something that i'm going to bug you about a lot (laughs) to keep doing multiplayer Mm -hmm. um with me so yeah i i think it's a fabulous game and i can't wait hopefully we'll get an expansion like kiwami and they'll add Mm -hmm. some more super awesome stuff I can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, those are my yeah. final thoughts. Anything else you want to add? Yeah. And if anyone is thinking about getting it now, but they're still not sure, there is a great demo that we've mentioned. Fabulous demo. <laughs> yeah. So I totally recommend it. And like we said, you can play uh, the online mode in it. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the online is only to people in the demo, like cross to the real game. I assume it would be. That's a good question. Because it seems like the lobby is the same thing, but yeah. uh, it's definitely something great. Like, it's a great way to try out the game and see if you enjoy it. And like we said, it covers, like, a fairly large chunk of content, so you get plenty of time to experience the game and see if it's a game that you'd enjoy. Yep. Get it. Mm-hmm. That would be yeah. <laughs> so um, before we wrap up, uh, just a couple of quick side notes. Um, episode Gladio came out last week and I believe his birthday was yesterday um, or today so yay I haven't I haven't even investigated I've literally been so addicted to Tokiden um, Persona mm-hmm. 5 is April 4th so two days from now guys yay and then mm-hmm. I know a little bit of excitement for you and me Digimon mm-hmm. Cyber Sleuth 2 was announced and it seems like it will be localized so um, I know we haven't done a Digimon Cyber Sleuth <laughs> podcast, but you guys, if you're still listening and you made it this far, we are huge fans 
of the Cyber Sleuth mm-hmm. game. So I'm really excited that yeah, yeah. a second one is coming out. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I had. Anything else you before? I... No, that's all I've been up to. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. guys, as always, um, thanks for listening. You can find the Crystal